0: Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care Provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's an off day for the Hornets, but never an off day here on the HHC. We've got a special guest with us. He is a writer for The Athletic, primarily covering the Houston Rockets, but he had a great profile piece on LaMelo Ball and really just where the Hornets are right now in the midst of an injury-plague season and where it might lead them in the future. And he is our special guest today, Kelly Eco of The Athletic. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us here today.
1: Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate
0: the feature piece on LaMelo Ball, an accidental rebuild and the pursuit of happiness. First off, your, your normal gig, I guess, is covering the Houston Rockets. Obviously, Charlotte only goes to Houston once. What made LaMelo Ball such an intriguing person to want to talk to and profile, even though he doesn't play for the team that you typically cover?
1: So although my job is... You know, to cover the Houston Rockets. I also cover the NBA at large and LaMelo has been one of the more fascinating figures to come to this league in the last couple of years. So I figured we haven't gotten a good chance to see him this season and what better time to, to catch up and kinda of get a good look on the season than speaking to the biggest star of the team.
0: And it's really an interesting time to get him because on the one hand, he has shown the personal growth in terms of his game, his statistics rising, year one to year two, year two to year three. Now he's having career averages on a lot of different levels. But on the other hand, he's had so many injuries and so many games missed, it's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle for the NBA. So what do you see in terms of his growth in his game from his rookie year to today?
1: Yeah. And I I think for a, a guy like LaMelo that has that much influence on the team in terms of his playmaking and his IQ, the fact that he hasn't been available for almost half the season is pretty telling for why Charlotte has struggled this season and because he's so important to everything they do, speaking to Steve Clifford and talking about just how important LaMelo is in the half-court setup, how, how much better he's gotten each year as a playmaker and as a floor leader for these guys. You know, not having him on the floor... You know, it, it's been pretty harmful. Now, now, granted, Terry Rozier is a great guard. He's a great player, and, and he's able to been he's been able to shoulder some of the offensive load. But you know, having Lamelo, that just makes things so much easier from 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 a holistic standpoint. So, him him being away with injury has been pretty detrimental for those guys
0: no question about it and the nba it's it's a star driven league and so when your superstar is out it's easy to say next man up it's very very difficult to do and even teams that have had their stars but maybe they're missing a significant role player sometimes just pulling you know one block makes the whole tower fall so not not a huge shock that the hornets have struggled as much as they have record wise without having Lamelo ball on the floor but even on days where he's unable to help his team on the court he does have an impact on the mood of this franchise and there's a couple different ways he does that one that you mentioned prominently in your piece is his competitiveness his competitive nature the team clearly is struggling in terms of wins and losses but had been on an upward trajectory and I think a lot of that has to do with the will to win of everyone on the team across the board but particularly LaMelo Ball you caught him in shoot around in Houston and He's doing games of knockout three point competitions with coaches and just has that burning desire within him that he he can't lose. He has to try and win everything.
1: Yeah, and I think that mentality, that competitive spirit, that fire, that passion, I think that's the biggest reason why the Hornets mood is what it is, you know, because we've seen a bunch of rebuilds in the past and any team that loses that many games, you know, the mood starts to come down, the frustrations kick in the culture, it goes one way or the other. But for Lamelo, he's been able to keep that positive spirit, that competitive spirit, and that trickles down to the entire team. It goes to the coaching staff. It goes to the trainers, the, the cooks, whatever, and the guys in the locker room. And, and that's the biggest reason why those guys continue to have an optimistic, glass-half-full outlook on, on the rest of the season and you know the future because they know that as long as they have a guy like Lamelo that's going to continue to push everyone else, as long as he's still on the roster, you know, there's no excuse to, to kind of hang your head and and, and try and accept anything less than, than a win.
0: And one thing that helps that as well, at least I think so, is an understanding of why the losses have been coming. The Hornets are not alone in this neighborhood near the bottom of the standings, right. but most of the other teams that are there, They're either very young or don't have some of those star pieces put together. And for Charlotte, the answer is pretty clear. It's the injuries. And I think that understanding and that not acceptance of the reality, they're still doing everything they can to win games. But that understanding allows you to maintain some level of positivity that, hey, if we get everyone together, you know, at some point this season, we can still take off.
1: Yeah, because, you know, you look at the roster, guys like Kelly Oubre, P.J. Washington, Gordon Hayward especially, even Terry Rozier, like you missed about 10 11 games. There's talent on this roster. There's a reason why the Hornets were able to make the play-in for back-to-back years. There's a reason why they've always been right in that playoff mix for the last three or four years, because this is a team that's full of experienced guys you know, Kelly Bray, a nice two-way player. Peter Washington, a, a, a nice young two-way player. You know, Terry Rozier, a, a quality veteran point guard. Gordon Hayward, everyone knows what he can do, you know, if he's healthy. It's just been the injuries. And, and for any team going through injuries, it's one thing, but if you're already in the tough Eastern Conference that's been pretty jumbled up this season, you need every piece of leverage you can get. And, and not having your best players is already selling yourself short. So... I do understand why, and this is kind of why I called it an accidental rebuild. because going into the year, you couldn't have predicted this. The guys that are on the roster, you know, they're always injured. You know, it's kind of hard to keep consistency. It's kind of hard to to make anything gel and try and put ones together in a tough NBA that's getting tougher by the day. So I do understand why they're in the predicament they're in right now. The
0: piece is called "On Lamelo Ball: An Accidental Rebuild and the Pursuit of Happiness." Available right now on the Athletic. The author, Kelly Eco, our guest today, and we're going to talk to him more about that rebuild that has been started when Lamelo Ball uh, was even before he was brought onto the franchise. But where the Hornets are in comparison with some other young teams, including the one that Kelly covers routinely, that's next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Sam Farber here with you on the HHC, the Hornets i brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Kelly Eco, staff writer for The Athletic, covering the Houston Rockets, is with us. He did a great feature piece on LaMelo Ball and the Hornets in the last couple of days. And one thing that you do in the piece is you compare Charlotte to other teams that standings-wise are struggling this season. We brought it up earlier, but it it begs repeating. Houston, Detroit, San Antonio, Other teams at or near the bottom of their conference's standings, they're all extremely young, and they're young by design. Charlotte has played a lot of young guys some significant minutes, and and many of them, maybe they would have been earned regardless but the necessity to play them due to injuries I think is a big part of the reason why the Hornets also find themselves in this neighborhood. Not that those guys aren't good enough. Same thing with Houston, Detroit, and San Antonio. Several players on all of those teams will be part of winning futures for either their or other franchises, but it's really hard to do it when you have that many young guys together.
1: Right, and it's pretty rare. I think it seemed like Houston, for example, you don't typically see Rebels that have Eight or nine guys that are under 21, 22 playing, you know, upwards of 22 minutes a night. It just doesn't happen. And whenever you have those kind of situations, you're going to run into trouble. And that's why you see the Rockets have the kind of year they've had, you know, where they've only won 11 games and they haven't looked cohesive on either end of the floor. It's too many young players and not enough glue guys, not enough experience to connect kind of those young pieces together, because there's no question they have talented players, Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., Jabari Smith Jr., Alperen Shangoon, those are all talented young players in their own right, but they still need that quality presence of an older, experienced guy that's going to teach them the right way to play, teach them how to build good habits, teach them how to win two games in a row, three games in a row, you know, and not be how they are right now, which is at the bottom of the NBA, so this whole thing of a rebuild, no two rebuilds are the same, and you looking at a rebuild like Charlotte's and Houston's are two very different because you know houston's just they just lack the experience and, and the technical know how. You know Charlotte has older players, but they haven't had the, the, the luxury of having those guys on the court as much as, as they like because of you know the injuries and stuff like that. So. Another team is Detroit. You know, they have a, a, a lot of young talent. They also lost their, their best player in K Cunningham for the year. So that's another team that has young players, but they're even in a bigger hole because they don't have the benefit of even having hit on the floor. So no two teams are the same and no two situations are the same, and that's kind of why, you know, this Charlotte team is so fascinated. Too.
0: When you're making your evaluations of young players, does it make it easier – and maybe a a more accurate assessment when you see guys that have to earn their spot by going through veterans. In LaMelo Ball's case, he had to get the job when Devontae Graham, an already established NBA point guard, had it ahead of him and you know had had to, had to earn the spot, earn the minutes on the floor, earn the starting job, so on and so forth. We're seeing that now a little bit with other guys on the Hornets roster. Mark Williams, very talented center, shown some good flashes, but he's got a well-established NBA center and Mason Plumlee ahead of him, and he's got to earn every minute he gets on the floor. Same thing for Bryce McGowan. So, you know What you're talking about here, young guys for some of these other teams who don't have barriers significant in front of them to getting on the floor, does it make it more difficult to assess are these numbers for real? Are they going to be able to stand up when you get onto a winning team with more experienced players?
1: It does because I remember a player told me one time, anybody can score on a bad team, right? So when you have a team like the Rockets and you have all these guys averaging upwards of 16, 17, 18 points a game, is that translating to winning basketball? That's the biggest question I, that that you need to ask yourself. If you're averaging twenty two points a game and your team's lost thirteen out of the last fifteen, I'm not sure that that twenty two points a game is that productive. Like you know you have to find ways to win basketball games. And the the good thing that Charlotte has with guys like Mark Williams, guys like Bryce McCollum. you you have older guys in front of you in the rotation that you can learn from. You know, everyone knows that at some point Mark Williams is going to get a bigger role. You know, Bryson Gowan can get a bigger role. But they have to go through the fire. You know, they have to go through those trials and tribulations of a young NBA player trying to establish himself and make a name for himself in this this league. So um, it's a good thing to have older guys in the locker room that can teach you, that can pull you aside and say, hey, you know, this is the way to do things. You know, think about it. All these young players coming up through the ranks, they've always been chosen as the best guys on their team Wherever they played, and they and they did things a certain way, but the NBA is a different ballgame. So certain things that you, that got you through high school, through college, through the G League, they might not cut it in the NBA. So to have those guys like a Mason Plumlee, who's been there and, and can pull the Mark Williams aside and say, "This is how you this is how you box out. This is how you you help your team recover in the gaps and show and stuff like that and stunt and recover. Just those invaluable things that that you don't get on a young team where everyone around you is the same age as you."
0: Kelly Eco, our guest today, he writes for The Athletic, his piece on LaMelo Ball, an accidental rebuild in the pursuit of happiness, available now on The Athletic. When we return, we'll talk about the happiness that comes with just being around the Hornets all-star guard LaMelo Ball, as well as what the path forward might be if the Hornets do in fact end up with a top three pick. That's next, here on the Hornets Hivecast. Sam Farber and Kelly Eco of The Athletic. He covers the Houston Rockets, the NBA in general, and he's got a great feature piece out today on LaMelo Ball, an accidental rebuild and the pursuit of happiness. Check it out right now on The Athletic. Kelly, before we get to the happiness part of this, let's talk about what could be the fate of the Hornets here. There still is uh, roughly 30 games left on the season. That's a lot of time to have a turnaround, and if the Hornets get healthy, I don't put it past them, not in the slightest. But let's say for the sake of argument the Hornets do end up In the lottery and the ping-pong balls fall in their favor, and they end up with a top-three pick. I think when you look at recent history, and just in the draft in general, most fan bases look at it and say, well, this is where you find the savior of your franchise. This is where you find your cornerstone. But all too often, the teams that really do make the turnaround They kind of already have one of those guys on the team, and it's just fate has conspired against them that they've had another rough season. In 2021, Detroit, Houston, and Cleveland all ended up in the lottery. Cleveland kind of had some major pieces. They acquired Jared Allen at the center. They had already drafted Darius Garland. And so when Evan Mobley arrived, it's not that he was so much more advanced than any other member of his class like Jalen Green or Kate Cunningham. But he could do his best as a rookie and have other players, other elite players best alongside him to help make that impact.
1: Right. So even a situation like Oklahoma City with Shea Gibbs and Alexander, where they haven't had the benefit of having Ted Holmgren play this season, they have the guy in Shea that you can build around. So they don't have to keep going to the draft hunting for that guy. The Horrors have the guy in LaBello. So even if they do end up with the top two, top three pick, I think this is a situation where – they might even look to trade that and, and, and add win now pieces around this roster. Now obviously if, if you get the number 1 pick, you got to take Victor, no questions asked. But they're not in a position where the draft is their end all be all game, right? Different from some teams like maybe Houston or or Detroit or San Antonio where they clearly need a guy, you know, to help push this thing forward. The Hornets already had that guy, LaMelo Ball.
0: Yeah, I tend to think so, too, that that LaMelo's that special guy. And uh, I thought the the comparison you made there, the team you brought up from this most recent top three, Oklahoma State, I think you're right. I mean, you know, Shea Gilgis-Alexander's having a phenomenal season. He's had a great career already, and it's just unfortunate that Chick got hurt because I think if he plays... You see the same kind of impact with him on their roster that Cleveland got with Evan Mobley. Maybe they're the, the hot team making even more of a jump than they already are. And uh, again, if, if the fates conspire that way, if the Hornets end up so lucky as to to win the, the lottery, uh, even after all the bad luck they've had injury-wise, to pair someone with another ready-made star like LaMelo Ball, that would be pretty special. In terms of navigating the rest of this season and, and looking down the road, the, the other thing that stands out in your piece on LaMelo Ball and accidental rebuild and the pursuit of happiness is that last word, happiness. The the passion for the game, the joy. The word you used was infectious. The team trusting LaMelo's lead and and letting his personality go throughout the locker room and throughout the entire organization. What did you learn about the joy that LaMelo has for life, for the game, that you didn't know before and how it's impacting this team?
1: The main thing that I learned was that it's genuine. You know, I talked to Terry Rozier, and I asked him, like, why? Why is LaMelo so happy? Why is he always so positive, you know, despite the season that you guys are having? And he told me, even though you may go through losses and have bad games, it's a bad game. It's not a bad life. You know, they're blessed to be in this position, you know, as NBA athletes who who are able to play the game that they love, that they've grown their whole lives towards. And and LaMelo looks at his journey and how he got to the NBA, all the people that doubted him from the start, that he was too small, that he was too wild, that he that he couldn't he couldn't carve out a role in the NBA, and him being able to prove those doubters wrong is probably the basis of his joy and just the pure game of basketball. You watch these guys in the NBA today, and, and and some guys lack that passion, they lack that drive, they're just playing because they're talented. You watch Lamella, and he's having fun. You can tell that he loves the game, and that kind of attitude is contagious. You know, there's a reason why Steve Clifford is always smiling when he talks about LaMelo. There's a reason why his teammates are always smiling talking about LaMelo. He, he's able to walk into any room and instantly become that room. And people around the league, they see that and they want to play with that. So having that guy already in place under center is the biggest piece of getting out of a rebuild and getting back into C-level.
0: That and better luck with injuries. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Kelly, Well, it, it brought a lot of joy to us to read your article. I, I'll tell you, you know, I know there's a lot of great writers out there locally, nationally, and, and oftentimes when they look at the Hornets, I, I feel like they don't always take in the fact that the injuries are the the main reason, the main impetus for why this season has happened, and, and not to excuse, uh, you know the the record, it, it is what it is, but it does explain things. I thought your article was spot on and very optimistic for the future of the Hornets. I enjoyed it. I think all our fans should check it out as well. It's called On Lamelo Ball: An Accidental Rebuild and the Pursuit of Happiness. You can find it on The Athletic, which I subscribe to, and I highly suggest you do the same. And I'm sure there's a few tweets out there from Kelly Eco as well. Find him on Twitter at Kelly. I-K-O, Kelly Eco, on Twitter today. Kelly, thanks so much for joining us here on the Hornets Hivecast.
1: Thanks for having me, sir.
0: And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. Tomorrow, it's back to game day editions of the HHC. It'll be an early one. Hornets taking on the Miami Heat. We'll have a game preview for that one in the morning. Till next time, for our producer, Rob Longo, our guest today, Kelly Eco of The Athletic, and everyone here, I'm Sam Farber, saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. We'll talk to you next time, right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.